Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Grandpa, Grandpa, guess what? I saw on TV how life started on Earth by mixing of stardust. Is that a fact? Did that program show you just how it happened? No, Grandpa. Will Smith was on that show, and he said it took a dash of magical liquid, a sprinkle of stardust, and a crackle of energy. Will Smith also played a genie in a bottle once, but that doesn't mean we should believe in magic. However, there's a book that warns us to stay away from magic and has never been proven wrong. The Bible, God's Word. Now, about that program you watched, what was its name? It was on PBS. It was part of a series called One Strange Rock. The show I saw that night was called Genesis. Hmm, just like from the Bible? Yes, sir, but I don't think he ever mentioned the Bible. Well, that's not too surprising. Could you tell me a little more about what they said about how life got started on Earth? He said, think of that fragile moment, billions of years ago, where you and I and all of us began. It's the moment that nothing turned to something, that stardust sparkled to life. So, the show was about what happened in the past, really far back in the past. So was that show about science? No, sir. You always say that science is knowledge that is obtained by observation and testing that is repeatable. Right you are. Those who believe in evolution often ridicule creationists for believing in a book written thousands of years ago. But these same people will also use magical stories like this to prove evolution while calling it science. They need to follow the advice found in Acts chapter 19, verse 19, where it says, And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And that's a fact. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, Dr. Daniel Harris, and our producer, Ed Salzadel, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Folks, we've got a discussion here about where we came from. It's an origins question. It's kind of whimsical with the prompt we have there that we're made of stardust. We have with us today Daniel Harris, astronomer and astrophysicist. Where do they get that idea that we're made of stardust that sounds so whimsical? Well, it's been around for a long time. Carl Sagan was the principal one who popularized it in 1973. He wrote a book called The Cosmic Connection, and in 1980 he wrote a series called The Cosmos, and his quote was, our bodies are made of star stuff, and it became a very popular thing. Actually, it was invented by a newspaper writer in 1913. Harlow Shapley, the head of the Harvard College Observatory, was famous for having said, in the beginning was hydrogen. None of these things are true, it turns out because in the beginning was God. And that goes to the point of what we're talking about. This stardust theory is the belief that to get heavy elements, we had to come from exploded stars, from supernovae, etc., which was seen plausible decades ago when these theories came out. But what's come out since then that's made us wonder about that? One of the main things that I find problematic is that there's the method for creating the elements 
heavier than bromine is called the R process. And the R process is supposed to occur in rare instances when a hundred neutrons are able to bombard a single atomic nucleus like iron or nickel and grow it to become one of the heavier elements such as gold or silver or platinum or or lead. The problem with that is that it requires approximately one gram of neutrons in every cubic centimeter and a temperature of one billion degrees Kelvin, which is two billion degrees Fahrenheit. Those extreme conditions occur so rarely in the universe that there doesn't seem to be the capability of actually producing any of these R process elements. So all of the elements heavier than bromine, such as, as I said, silver and gold and such, all of these things should not exist if we depended upon only naturalistic processes, the kinds of things that happen inside stars. The discoveries have shown us is that the supposed naturalistic processes for these heavy elements just doesn't hold up. And some people will say it's a God of the gaps answer, but what still remains is fiat creation. Could be one of those signatures where God says, I put these things there myself. One of the things that's happened very recently is that scientists used the Hubble telescope to probe the beginnings of the universe right after the Big Bang, supposedly. They went back to within one billion years of the Big Bang and looked for what are called population three stars. Those are the stars that are originally the first stars that are made out of just the elements that come out of the Big Bang, hydrogen and helium and lithium and beryllium and so on. Those population three stars, they can't find them. So the idea that there was a generation of stars that came right out of the Big Bang, and these are the first generation of stars, and they supposedly were massive stars, and they lived a short time and, and blew up, and then scattered stuff all over the rest of space, that's not true. There is no evidence of population three stars. Another interesting thing is that in recent years, within the last 30 or 40 years, we've actually been able to probe what goes on inside of dark dust clouds. And dark dust clouds is where stars are supposed to come from. The conventional wisdom originated in the early 1900s was that, that those kind of gas and dust clouds would implode. They would fall in on themselves. The problem is that when you actually look at what's going on inside of dark dust clouds, they're not falling in on themselves. They're stable. In fact, they are ionized inside, and they're ionized inside, the astronomers say, because of cosmic rays. I say because of the X-rays that are coming from the hot stars inside the cloud. Well, the ionization makes it so that the cloud is sensitive to a magnetic field. Anytime you have an ionized gas with a magnetic field in it, it's not going to collapse. And so we know these gas clouds and dust clouds, the <clears throat> dense ones, the ones that everybody says, that's where the stars are forming, Actually, it's the reverse. It's the stars that are throwing off the gas, which is why the gas and dust clouds are there. You're listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Dr. Daniel Harris. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. Today we're talking about the, the origin of, of everything, where things came from, 
There's this whimsical idea that we're sprinkled with stardust. But Carl, what we're really talking about is abiogenesis, life from nothing and everything from nothing. What are your thoughts on that? Well, that's, that's true. But if, if you can get past the nonsense about the Big Bang, which is what Daniel was talking about, then you get faced with even greater odds, if you will, in starting life from non-life. That means you have to have an organism that can put itself together in such a way that it can not only put itself together, but also reproduce itself, find food, and there has to be food available for it to find. So all these things have to be available from the start, from the very first time this gamish of so-called pre-biologic elements throw themselves together in a way that can do all this thing all at once is astronomically impossible, even as, at least on the same order of magnitude of, of absurdity as the Big Bang itself. The odds are, in fact, such that it would take billions and billions of universes and you going and finding one particular atom, that's how improbable it is. I've got huge problems with all of this. Of course, that's why we do this program. But nothing turned to something. This whole premise starts with a violation of the first law of thermodynamics. Exactly. And then in terms of abiogenesis, what you're talking about is bad science. All we ever observe, all we have ever observed, is life from life. Biogenesis. Exactly. And yet this whole thesis is based upon the idea that at some point a rock turned into life. Correct. And the evolutionists will go nuts when you say that, but that's boiled it down. That's exactly what they're saying. Terry, what are your thoughts on this? Scientists, of course, used to think that life came from non-life or spontaneous generation. Spontaneous generation was believed by Aristotle. So the idea had been accepted by science for about 2,000 years. That was the scientific consensus. So according to Darwinist, it should have been taught as fact without question in our public schools because that was the scientific consensus. But the experiments of Francisco Reddy and Louis Pasteur showed that life comes from pre-existing life. This was real science based on experiments and observation, not just a bunch of nice storytelling. And it agrees with the Bible. Life does not just happen. Now these so-called scientists are wanting to depart from the work of the giants in the science field and go back to the nice storytelling, assuming that life naturalistically come from non-life. It is interesting how they use bacteria or life on Earth as evidence for life on another planet. Again, they're making assumptions that whatever occurred here will occur there. And wrapping this up, what we're talking about is everything coming into existence from nothing, which violates the first law. When we were talking about stars, Dr. Harris, am I correct that in those dust clouds or nebulae where they believe the stars are forming, we have never seen the formation of a star. We have never observed the formation of a star. Well, it it takes thousands of years, so we probably wouldn't. Right. But but again, we don't have an observation where we say we saw a star form. It's never been seen. It's never been seen. And the answer that is still out there is the soundness of biblical creation. 
Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Sabsa meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you miss any part of this show, you can listen to the show anytime by going to the AM 630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzadel, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.